What's up, you guys? This is Ty. Thanks for tuning in. We're on vacation this week. That means we're not releasing an episode on Wednesday. We'll be releasing on Monday this week. Yay, that's today. This episode is entitled Single Lives Matter. We'll be discussing you single folks out there, talking about everything from dependency, the importance of being alone, and what it actually means to be single. Follow us on social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Get Naked Podcast. Also, email us. We like to hear from you guys. Talk to us about how good we're doing and everything. You can email us at getnakedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow our Patreon page and donate as little as a dollar a month to support our cause, to support yourselves, because we work for you. And without further ado, we're going to go ahead and start the show. bad people in your social circles it's supposed to ruin friendships and all that stuff and yeah my- so what we're gonna do we're gonna read the card and we're gonna guess to see who does whatever is on the card right. and if they do that thing they might be considered a bad person so who's gonna start us off i can start who should sell their soul for the least amount of money so who would sell their soul for the least amount of money I sell my soul to the devil it doesn't say devil. It just says who will sell their soul for the least amount of money. I guess that all depends on who I'm selling my soul to. Because if it's like the music industry. Illuminati? Nah. Illuminati is going to take, take some money. They say that's the devil. Okay. Who would sell their soul for the least amount of money? We're just going to vote. I'm going to go Telly T. I'm going to go with Ronnie. I will go with Ronnie too. I'm going to go with Ronnie too. <laughs> <laughs> Change your answer. Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to be the oddball. Okay. Ronnie? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> I'm so- I feel like you have a lot of questions. And with you having those questions, that means you're you considering will probably do it. doing it. Like, yeah, once you say it, it depends on it who I'm selling it to. Most people, I value my soul to not sell it to Most anybody. people say no. I'm selling my soul to Jesus. Because <laughs> well. I know where it's going. Next question. If I decided to rob a bank, who's the last person I'd choose to help me? Sinks and chair. Me? Telly T. Yeah, last person I would choose is probably Telly T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you look like a snitch. I got it. <laughs> no, she's the type of person I think she forget to put gas in the car. <laughs> and we get like pulled over like in a chase and we run out of gas on the way. I will overanalyze everything. So I'm like, okay, what's the plan B to the plan A to the plan C? I need to... I can't just flow with it. Your instructions to the to the uh, hostages be like, sit down, shut up. Did you hear about my dog? (laughs) 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 I took my dog to the doctor the other day, and uh, (laughs) can anybody tell me how to get rid of? (laughs) Give me all your money, and in exchange, I I give you my dog. Take Uh, your ass, please. You going next, Ronnie? Yeah, sure. Who? Has secretly done something very illegal and gotten away with it. Uh, tie. 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 <laughs> Don't put all my business out there. <laughs> I think at this table, you're the only one who's been to jail, huh? You've been to jail? Oh, thank you. <laughs> it was only for like four hours. But you got handcuffed? Yeah. Oh, voluntarily? Yeah. She a real nigga, bro. In a really? jumpsuit. You, a yes. th- you was in a jumpsuit? Yeah. Oh my gosh, she got for commissary. For four, yeah, she was. had commissary bread. She had the bologna sandwich. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't eat. They did bring food, but I didn't eat it. Because I knew I was getting out soon. My niggas held me down. You know what I'm saying? They kept me mama up. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a thug. I just, you know, I, I, I used to like to date thugs. So that's how I got in that situation. So you just thought you'd stay familiar. 
with. No, that was that was in that situation. I was the okay. She's at the wrong place at the wrong time. The reason I went to jail is because I was holding drugs for my drug dealer boyfriend. Oh shit! So that's how chicks get caught up. Yeah. So yeah, it's not nothing I did. I mean. I mean, you did it. it. (laughs) No, I didn't do. You could you could have not held the drugs. The cop didn't have any business going through my purse. I wasn't the one being questioned. That's why you got off. Yeah, somehow or another. No, I didn't get off. I had to do three months of community service, and I got granted an Article Eight Ninety Four, so it's cleared off my record. Whoop! That's how you Come know on, Eight Ninety Four. That's how you know she's serious because I don't know what the fuck an Eight Ninety Four is. It's only two people that know what an Eight Ninety Four is: the person who got it and the person who made it up. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thank you, Judge Tatum, Rustin. All right, all right. Your question time. My question: Most likely to enjoy being dominated in the bedroom. Ty. Tally. Me. No, no I'm playing. <laughs> yes. I'm the dominant. Yeah, I can't. So. So oh. what's the vote, people? I voted Telly. Oh, I vote myself now too. Oh. <laughs> I vote myself. I don't know. Man. I have a split vote I feel between like, me and Ty. I feel like every woman enjoys that the most. Because if you don't do it, it's boring. But you got some women that, like, take it there. Would like, you, like, if you're not it? aggressive enough. Telly, would you do sub-dom? Like, would you be a sub for a dom? Like, be dominant? No, be dominated. No, I want nobody beating my ass. That, that's not necessarily That's what not necessarily it what is. it is. Unless, you talk, unless you're talking about, like, the pledging type beating my ass, like, paddles and slapping you across the titties and stuff. I like being in control, but I like... Having a say so, what kind of control I let him have? Like, I don't like to be the aggressor in sex. So she's a control freak. Yeah, I'm a control freak. But if he doesn't have a, if he's not aggressive enough, I get annoyed. Yeah, that's all I the questions. That's Let's get on to the Four. topic today. Today we're talking about single people. We know we got a lot of single folks out there. <laughs> Losers. Yeah, I said it. That was rude. You're unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a little jealous. <laughs> uh, so first, let's let's define first what being single is. I I just think for me personally, my dad always told us growing up that you're single till you marry. There's no box for in a relationship on on your census or it's complicated or whatever. I think you're single till you marry. There's no such thing as a single person. When you talk to people and go out and meet people. Um, and you ask them, like, hey, are you single? And they say yes. That's a lie because they're texting somebody. They're fucking somebody. So should we change the question from are you single versus are you committed to anyone? Are you talking to anyone? Like, how does a single person... because people lie and say they're not committed. So if you're texting somebody to me, that doesn't matter. Like, if you're single, that means if you're in a committed relationship with someone or something. So how does a single person then navigate, like... Well, while they're on the dating scene, like to figure out if this person is worth my time talking to because they might be talking to somebody else, or like that's what dating comes in. Are you yeah, saying? I mean, at, yeah. Are you saying? Are you asking? Like, at what point do you stop talking to other people and establish yourself as no longer being single? When they say, "Do you want to go with me?" Check yes. Or that no. sounds like such an immediate question. <laughs> Cause that that's not like such an immediate question, and this is how I could tell like your experiences in being single is like min- minimal. Because <laughs> there are so many other parts of being single than just like okay, so how do you how, do you deal with uh what did you say do you, do you deal with somebody, somebody else? With other people or whatever like when you first meet there are somebody... so many other things in the being like that you have to go through first like you got to figure out okay like if I'm single do I want to be single or do I have am I like trying and it's just not working out. What does it mean when you when women say they're single and not looking? That means that you're trying to find yourself. That means like you're trying to figure out what you like, what you don't like. That means if someone actually came for you and decided to present themselves, you're not going to push away the opportunity, but you're not looking to be with somebody. You're not on dating sites purposely trying to find somebody to have companionship with. It means she just got out of a serious relationship and she's probably still not over him. That too. And probably still having sex with him, but they're not together. So she's single and she's not looking. Usually, I will feel like single and not looking means you're single, but your heart belongs to somebody. 
And that is what I was kind of getting at. Because I see oh. that a lot on like women's profiles and saying single and not looking. And they put on the f- facade, I'll call it for the sake of conversation, of what Telly just said. Like, I'm single. I'm not looking for anybody. But if somebody comes along my way, like, I'm not going to turn them down. But I'm not looking to get in a relationship. When in all honesty is what I believe is what you just said. is like, I'm single. I'm not committed. But somebody got my heart. Yeah, mm-hmm. Usually when, when women are, like you said, when they're single like that, they have somebody in mind. You know, when I when I was in college, I tried to take this girl on a date. And knowing she was single, she told me, she's like, no, I can't go. And then, like, a year later, I'm like, yo, congrats. Like, she got married. And I was like, congratulations. She's like, yeah, that time you were going to take me out, like, I was trying to get him. But they say you know? who Damn, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So, technically, it's, a female is not supposed to look for their companion, their companion is supposed to find them. I think that's part of it too. Is that women? I, I don't. I think people believe too that when you stop looking, then that that's when you find somebody. A lot of times, it's when I find my remote all the time when I stop looking for it. God dog. <laughs> Why don't we just keep talking about remotes with you? What is this? <laughs> Jesus? I ain't touching no remotes at your house, bro. No, 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 no. my remotes are too small to touch. That's so very sad. Everything is so like subliminally metaphorical with you and. But no, I was serious though. Like when you stop looking for stuff, a lot of times you find it. I had a homegirl. She uh, wasn't looking for nothing. She just moved out here, and less than a year, um, she went into a random Starbucks. That man that she met at Starbucks ended up being she got married uh, and had a baby. You know, that's true. I can get with that. Like, a lot of times when you're not looking, that's when stuff comes along. I'm not going to say that's why women, like, check that off on whatever dating sites or Facebook or whatever. That's not why they check it off because they're like, oh, I'm going to stop looking for a man so a man can come to me. When they say that, they're like, no, I'm all about me right now. I still ain't over Ray Pookie and (laughs) Ray Pookie. Ray Pookie. Was that uh, just the first name? Was that a hyphenated first name? Ray Pookie, Ray Pookie Cletus Jackson. Ray Pookie Cletus. It's R-E-Y hyphen Pookie. P-U-K-E with a apostrophe over the Pookie. It's pronounced. It's pronounced Ray Pookie. Ray Pookie. Okay. It's African. Straight out of Wakanda. But yes, but being single to me, I feel like it's a it's a good thing. I feel like if you... Or dating somebody or if you meet somebody and if they have never been single, if they're a relationship poor, that's what I call it. I feel like I always question that. It's like they always have to be around somebody they don't know themselves. That's just personally how I feel. That should be the story. I feel like that's that should be the story and that's what, for women, that's what they want the story to be. But there's also another part of the story. Which, and is, usually, which is what? She's still, for me, I can, I can speak on my behalf. Usually for me, when I have had that time of where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be single for a little while. I'm not looking. It's because I'm trying to get to a place where I can better myself and be in a better relationship the next time around, if that makes sense. It's really funny because in my brief periods of singledom, like I would always take that last relationship and and literally build on it. So, like, me being single really didn't last long only because I knew, like, what I did in the last relationship didn't work. So, how can I take that and implement it in this new one if it's still applicable? So, like, I understand why people are single and stay to themselves and try to, you know, okay, new me. I'm going this a different way. I'm just more so like, okay... Learn from that last one. This single, this ain't gonna last long because I like companionship. Wait, so so going around the table, what's the longest you've been single, Ty? For me, it was two years. I'm currently eight years. Ooh, um, I, I really don't know. Should have made her go last. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long I've been going around the table. Going around the table. Going around the table, what's the longest you've been single, Mill or Rock? <laughs> um, I think the longest I might have been single was a year, maybe. Okay. I was single for two years. I think I was single for, I, I used to say four years. I feel like that's a long time. I mean, it is. Well, tell me, how long have you been single? I'm currently single for uh, eight years this year. Damn. I feel like I should clap or something. 
<laughs> so like, wait, when you were you single for all eight of those years, did we, they yeah. know you were single too? Everybody I talked to knew that I was. I have not been in a committed relationship since I've been in college. Wow. So I've have I dated? Yes. Have I had sex in those eight years? Yes. But have I been in a committed relationship, meaning that this person is who I'm talking to, we're exclusive? I have not had that in eight years. Reason being is because a lot of times... I'm sure about to ask why. (laughs) I already know it. So a lot of times what happens is, like, in the dating process... Um, people always show you the fake, uh, the fake person who they want you to think they are. Mm-hmm. After you get past that stage, they show you who the real person is. Normally, when we get to that stage, I'm not compatible to that person. Meaning that either their anger problem is too much for me to handle, either they're uh, they're not a truthful person like they claim that they used to be, or they just have too many uh, games and baggage that I'm not willing to deal with. Because for me, when I date. Um, I like to date somebody that's equally yoked to me, um, but when I date, I have a lot to lose because me being in Texas, I have no family, nobody whatsoever that if something happens that I can lean on, I am here by myself. My family is miles and miles and miles away, all the way in Colorado. So I'm just saying, it's miles, miles away. So for me, I have, like, if it's feel like, if I feel like if it's going to, um, do something to my domain, meaning my home, my house, uh, not my home, my house, my house, my car, or my job. And I feel like if it's going to interfere with any of that, I'm going to back away from it because you're not going to mess up what I have built here. So how do you, how do you protect yourself in the time? Because for me, I've usually fallen by the time the person reveals who they really are. So how do you protect yourself from that? Just knowing that you have a lot to lose and keeping yourself guarded until, and like, is that, is that a, is that a safe way to get, like, are you able to be in a real commission relationship that way? Commissionship. <laughs> <laughs> are you able to be in a real, like, are you able to be in a real relationship? Because essentially you're guarding yourself to where you're not revealing who you really are either. I feel like, yes, because a lot of men that, uh, that I feel like, okay, I can see us being a couple, what happens is is that they men get really comfortable with me really quickly because I've always had tons of homeboys, so I feel like they think of me like um, a girlfriend and like a homegirl at the same time. So they get extremely comfortable with me really quickly. So in the first month of the dating stage or the uh, going on to the second month is when I normally find out who they are because it's something that comes up. Every time, and a lot of times what I do, I don't want to get uh, extra uh, spiritual in it, but I always, if I feel like I'm really liking somebody, I always pray. And I pray, and I say the same prayer, and I say, God, if this person is not meant to bring me any any goodness in my life, take them away now before I actually fall for them. And for some reason, every time, something happens to the point that it just turns me off. Was he, like, fart in front of you or something? No, it's not (laughs) nothing like that. So what kind of things, what kind of things let you know that this person is not somebody that's for you. Like if we're having a conversation. Red flags, I guess. Um, and I give them a couple chances, though. It's not like just on one thing. But say if we're having a conversation and you talk really aggressive with me, for example, like you're cussing at me a lot. And I'm telling you, I don't like the way that you're talking to me. And we've had the conversations. We, just, we talked about changing, watching our tone, all of mm-hmm. that. And you do it again. And then if you do it one more time and you kind of pop off to the point that I'm arguing, we're having a full blood argument with it. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel like this is who you really are. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're uh, hot tempered over the most smallest things. That's true. That you're going to pop off. And if I feel like if you're so mad about this little discussion that we're having over like cookies and you're like want to argue, and don't want to talk to me anymore because of something so basic. That I feel like if it's a real issue and you get this mad over something so small, imagine what you'll do. Later. That's true. One of the best ways to see who somebody really is, is when they're angry. When Mm -hmm. you're around somebody when they're angry because you can't fake. That's an emotion that you really can't fake. Mm -hmm. Like if you're angry and this is how you act when you're angry, that's the most real you're ever going to see somebody. Yep. And I think I kind of want to go back to a question that Ty asked um, and talking about protecting yourself. And like you're talking about not being able to see who that potential mate of yours really is because it takes time for them to see it. Um, But Ty also asks, like, how do you yourself, like, even give yourself a chance to be in a committed relationship when you don't necessarily, aren't necessarily vulnerable enough to reveal who you really are at first either because you're worried about them revealing who they are. 
I feel like I give uh, them chances because normally what I do when I first date, especially recently, um, I normally will run. Like meaning, like if some if something is not adding up correctly, I'm like I don't have time for this. I don't need this, and I'll dip. If I'm sitting here and I'm trying to talk or being the bigger person and calling you first to try to work out whatever we're doing, I feel like that's outside of myself. And I'm trying to let you see who I am as a person to try to communicate. And if you're not willing to reciprocate that, then I don't, then that's when I decide, okay, well, this is not going to work. Because if we can't get through this little situation and you can't, you're not even trying to hear my side that I'm trying to express to you. I'm trying to let you see who I am. And if you're not willing to communicate through that, I don't need that. So how long does it take you to, like, generally how much time passes before that happens between somebody and you and somebody that you're talking to or whatever? Normally, I figure out if I'm really liking somebody, normally within the first three months. It takes you three months. It usually takes me about six to eight months to decide whether I really like somebody or not. Because I can really, really like you. It usually takes me. I always tell people, if you could last longer than six months, then she might be something. Because that's usually the cutoff point for me. Because, like, at first, it's the honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. And then, like, all the BS starts happening. And then after that, I decide, okay, do I want to put up with this or do I not want to put up with this? And usually it's worked out pretty good. Because even in hindsight, some things were just too much. Like she said earlier, I, I remember. I remember, uh, I was talking to this girl, and I told her after like the first time she told, she said like "fuck you." I was like, "Yo, you got one more time." Like you got, like she got. I was like, "Okay." At first, like I'm like, "Okay, you angry?" Like that's whatever. Second time, I was like, "Yo, you got one more time to tell me fuck you." And then the third time, I was like, "Okay, that's that's it. I'm, I'm not talking anymore." And it actually happened. So you you figure people out. And then you decide whether, my dad always told me, or asked me, it's like, is that something you want to put up with for the rest of your life? Because potentially, it could be mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, protecting yourself from BS, I mean, that's definitely a question you got to ask. You know, can I put up with this What for what could potentially be forever? And it's funny because my timeline is shorter than all of your timelines. Because mm-hmm. um, for me, I would say at the most, it takes me about two months. Um, to really figure it out, and that's just because of the type of the type of way that I, I guess, deal with relationships. The type of way that I dealt with relationships, like I was really into like figuring out who that person was. Like I'm all about prying and digging deep, and like I'm getting in your family issues and stuff like mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yes, on some sometimes there are women who aren't necessarily that vulnerable enough to share those things with me. But I take that into consideration as well. Like, okay, mm-hmm. why doesn't she want to share this with me? Is it because there's something like she may have potentially done wrong? Did I ask in the wrong way? Or something of that nature. So I think for me, two months is enough time because I can get to know you um, the way that I choose to get to know you. Because I'm really aggressive when it comes to like my emotions and trying to get to know somebody. So, And people, yeah. like they can only put on a facade for so long before the real them comes out. Some people can kind of hold it down for a little bit. But I take, just like how Rock says, I listen. So even if you be like, oh, I didn't mean it that way, you said it. It may be three months down the line, but you said it, and I remember. So you mm-hmm. said it for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I, I don't want to say necessarily I use That's that against passive. you. But I, I listen. That's really passive. Passive, what? how so? Because if something, you, you hear something... And it bothers you, you hold on to it, you let it pass by, you hold on to it. And then when it comes to a point of fruition, then you choose to reveal it. Because sometimes when people talk. you remember when you did, da, 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 da. But sometimes in conversation, the way people say, oh, how they handled, like, say, like, oh, well, my ex, I did such and such and such. You'd be like, wait a minute. Okay, I'm going to let him finish because maybe he didn't say that right maybe he didn't get his words together right mm-hmm. and then on another situation you saying it the exact same way that's when I normally I, like I said I give people two chances so if you said something one way I'm like I know I mess up on my words a lot so maybe that's what happened and then you try to change it later I'm like wait mm-hmm. 
You sure that ain't how you feel because you, uh, you said like, yeah, so I hit that bitch and then you let him keep talking. <laughs> no, it never got that serious. But I asked, I asked, like, I asked a lot of deep questions. I asked men, have you ever been with a man before? I always expect the same answer because I've never met a male that's truthful, especially with that. I'm not saying they have messed with men. I just really feel like all men always will say no if they talking to the opposite sex. Yeah. I feel like for me, it takes so long because like Ronnie said, you have to go through the honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. And when I'm going through the honeymoon phase, I'm enjoying that. I'm not thinking about whether how much. Yeah, I'm not not really thinking about the future up until the honeymoon phase is over. Mm -hmm. For me, the honeymoon phase usually lasts a long time because I'm not because I'm also passive. I'm not. um, What's the word? Outspoken. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm not outspoken, but I also I'm very like minimally conflictual. Don't like confrontation. Non-confrontational. Yeah, that's okay. the word I was th- trying to think of. I'm non-confrontational, so a lot of like most things don't bother me. So mm-hmm. it's gonna take a long time for us to come somewhere to where something that you do bothers me enough for me to say, hey, you know what? I didn't like this. Usually, it takes like three months to even get to that point. Like the first three months, I can I've gone like close to a year in a relationship with somebody before we ever had an argument. So like yeah, at so all, I don't know what it is and about so, me or somebody, but it's sometimes I mean I think it's that. not you because I think it's actually really healthy to argue because, I, like I said, that's a good way to get to know somebody is when you see them yeah. frustrated or angry. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I said, that honeymoon phase lasts so long mm-hmm. because I'm just being happy. And that's why by the time I realize it's somebody I don't want to be with, I've already developed feelings for that person because of the amount of time. The honeymoon phase doesn't, for me, it didn't, it doesn't last long, maybe like two or three months. Cause I'm kind of like rocking a sense to where I want to figure things out early, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm kind of like tired where I'm also at what well, it used to be. I was very passive in that things would happen and I just kind of like let it slide and just let these things bubble up. Um, but the honeymoon phase is, is really important to, one, figure out how you can enjoy somebody. But then the rest of it is important in that, like like you said, it is important for y'all to like get your differences out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just so you know where each other stands and, um, again, what you might have to really deal with yeah. in I the future. I analyze a lot of stuff. Sometimes I won't even lay down with a guy if I don't see myself having, like, if I feel like we'll have ugly kids. I won't have sex with a guy. Jesus. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's real. That's but, like, his mistakes happen. Like, yeah, there are certain traits. When you lay down with somebody, like, a lot of people don't think about it. Like, I could potentially have a child with this person. Could I really stand there and look at this child knowing that they have the features of this person who I slept with? Like, no. I look at their parents, their brothers. Yep. I look at their grandkids. I look at all of that early in the relationship and be like, okay, I'm pretty sure. Is he a midget, too? Like, oh. like I'm, I'm, I really look at all of it. It's not saying like that. Tell that for the first with time. Niggas, so, well, I have, but I'm not saying like I'm one to have my kids with this person. I'm just saying like if time goes by and I start catching feelings and we get in a relationship, married, whatever, could I see myself with this person? That makes sense because I always say like don't have sex with somebody that you're not willing to have children with. Mm-hmm. And I do that Definitely. a lot, and that's another reason why I kept me single because some of the guys. That came my way, I'd be like, he's cool for right now as far as talking to, but I would not. All you do, it's 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 how Darwinism works in survival of the fittest. Except women want the women want the strongest candidate for potential child rearing or child bearing. You know, you don't. There's a uh, I hate to say it this way, but there's like a reason why like you know certain certain things happen to people and like they can't find a mate, whether you be broke, ugly lose a job whatever it's because you need to have all these things for a woman to feel safe having a child with you like is my child going to uh be Be smart is it going to be anything like you but some people don't give a fuck some people don't care yeah Mm -hmm. i feel like most people don't care and that's sad as long as you look good enough and looking good enough Mm -hmm. isn't enough or not even looking good it feels good if if, if, if it makes you feel good one of my homegirls uh her sister uh had a baby with a dude she called she said he was a drug addict and her sister's not so a drug tragic. addict but he he made her feel good enough to where like that's you know they did a thing and they had a kid and the kid cute kid but 
outside of the cuteness, he was a terror. Like, mm-hmm. like you gotta look he at would those take traits. her out. He would take her. Uh, she would take the baby out, and like he would, you know, be destructive and That's he was like a crack baby. Up. Stop. I don't know if I don't know if it's crack baby because some stuff is just hereditary. Yeah, some like, like some if, stupidity if some people is went just to jail. If they went to jail, that's saying like going to jail is hereditary, but it depends on what it is. And if the, the next person, if the next generation goes to jail for something similar, it's probably like, it's not saying it's a trait, but it's how they were raised. Hmm. My mama also went to jail behind a nigga. Well, <laughs> there you have it. Teacher. There you have it. But I'm I think, kidding. She didn't. It was speeding to <laughs> But I think it also just matters like when you're thinking, when you are single and you are seeking a relationship of any kind like whether it be a platonic relationship or you know a romantic relationship like you have to see purpose in what you are doing like mm-hmm. am i laying down with this person just because it feels good am i laying down with this person uh because i want this to go somewhere like i think a lot of the times we lose sight of why we do what we do and i mean it's human nature we just mm-hmm. react to certain mm-hmm. things we feel something we go after it's human nature but if we like really take the time to stop and think i think we can like minimize a lot of mistakes with dating like i probably would say i was most impulsive when i got with my wife and i didn't really start thinking about a lot of things until later but even in thinking about those things like i still managed to get to a place where it's like you know what I'm okay with putting up with this for the rest of my life. And I'm sure she's had some of the same thoughts. Like, God, I can't stand when this nigga do that. But I love him. I can put up with it. Like, And you know what? I feel like that's a lot of what it takes to get in and sustain a marriage is mm-hmm. accepting somebody completely for who they are. You can't, you know, get into a relationship. I feel like... The, I feel like the reason I catch feelings so fast is because, like, I think it's better to get in a, even, I mean, I'm not going to get in a relationship with somebody who's completely not for me, mm-hmm. but if I see the potential is there, and then I get into the relationship with that person, and then I start to see things I don't like, well, in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, if I'm building towards a marriage... Anybody that I date, they're going to have something Mm -hmm. that I don't like about them. And me choosing to continue to be with them is whether I want to deal with this for the rest of my life or not. Mm -hmm. And if it's something that I could, like, if it's something, even if it just gets on my ever last nerves, then I start to weigh, like, the pros and cons. He's not a cheater, but, you know, maybe he plays the game all day. Yeah, something like that. Like, those are the things that you have to like check off the list when it comes to dating other people like yes i'm not you know some chicks will stop talking to a dude because oh he played a game all day he don't pay no attention to me such and such and i think you you can't have it all mm-hmm. yeah i think that's really interesting because people i think when single people look at someone who is in a relationship or married they think that it is this fairy tale where they just get along all the time and mm-hmm. they found that person where there's nothing wrong with them and they find nothing wrong with their significant other, when in reality, like, there is, because we've been together so long, because we've gotten to know each other so well, we're actually more susceptible to the bullshit mm-hmm. than a single person would be. Because, mm-hmm. like, we know their habits. Like, we, like I know, like, the annoying things that my wife does, and she knows the annoying things that I do. But it is the, the love that we have for each other that, like, supersedes that. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, I know that... Or she knows that I might leave my clothes on the floor in the bathroom all the time. She's like, you know what? This is something he does. It's mm-hmm. okay. I'm going to tell him about himself, but I'm going to take care of this yeah. right now. And then there, and then there are moments where the exact opposite happens. It's like, God, dog, like she did this again? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's cool. I'm going to tell her about herself. She's not going to like it, and I know she's not going to like it, but... I'm still willing to deal with it because that's my mm-hmm. wife and I love her. I saw okay. a video online of this old couple and they asked them like the secret to uh, being married for so long and it all kind of encompasses, encompasses all of this and being accepting and, and understanding your partner and their shortcomings and being willing mm-hmm. to uh, being willing to help them or aid them or just fulfill those shortcomings like um the lady was talking about how her husband, again, they've been married for like years, like 40 plus years. Uh, the lady was talking about how her husband, uh, 
you know, he's like, I, I, she's like, I tend to be forgetful sometimes, and sometimes he'll put my glasses on my purse before I go out because he's like, okay, I know I'm gonna need, you know, he knows I'm gonna need my glasses, but he also knows I'm, I'm forgetful, so I have to grab my purse when I go out. So, you know, there are my glasses, uh, and a lot of people. It's all fun and games till she changed purses. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so y'all don't change y'all purse when y'all go out. Yeah. Depending on the outfit, right? Okay. 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 Well, she's she's an older lady, so yeah, they don't right. change purses that much. But you know, it was important for them that you know he understands her shortcomings and helps her out. And I think that's what we tend to f- look for in partnerships. In that is that is that person going to help rather than hurt me or even ke- keep me on the same level. And that's what, you know what I'm saying. We all want to be picked up somehow, some way. And that's what partners do. Like, like that's how men and women naturally, like men don't naturally like, or black men anyway, don't really take ourselves to the doctor. So it's kind of important for a woman to be around and say, Hey, that don't look right. You should probably go see somebody and then like poke you until you go do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, but a lot of people don't want to take on that, it's a burden, burden for it's what, a burden. for whatever yeah. reason it may be, whether it be you think this girl is so annoying that you don't have the patience to deal with it, or you know you don't feel like you need to be tied down to anybody. Um, but it's all about picking up somebody, picking up where somebody is coming up short. And since I've been single so long, that was one of the main things. Like, can he take care of me? And honestly, since I've been single, I have not met. One man that I felt that if I was down, he can be able to pick me up. Mm-hmm. And that's why I continue to be single. I'd rather be by myself than deal with somebody that if I'm hurting, you're not going to ask me, am I okay? Mm-hmm. If I'm hurting, you're not even offering me a hand to pick me up. So I'd rather be by myself. Do I want a, a, a husband? Of course I do. Do I want children? Definitely. But I'm not willing to tolerate somebody that's not going to fight for me as hard as I'm going to fight for them. Because when I do love, I love hard. And I've been hurt really, really bad in my past. And I understand that. But I also know that I'm not perfect. And I always tell guys that I date I'm not perfect. I'm a brat. I talk a lot. I don't like people touching my stuff. I know this about myself. But me being single helped me realize the stuff that I don't mm-hmm. like. And it also helped me realize the stuff that I can be able to. And since I don't like people touching my stuff, but I really like him. So if he moves my remote onto the dinette table instead of on the couch, I'm okay with that. You know, like it's things that I'm going to have to let go that I'm so tight of. But I'm willing to if if the right person comes along. I think at the end of the That's day, good. like with people who are single, you tend to forget like... There, okay. I'm gonna say this. Remain in your singleness. Like if that is where you are comfortable. If you know that you are not ready to compromise on any level with somebody who you are dating or whatever. Like stay in your lane, right? Like do your thing. But I also want people to understand, like when you are dating, like if you are not in a situation to where they are detrimental to your life, like they are mm-hmm. life threatening. Uh, physically abusive, mentally abusive, emotionally abusive. Financially. Let it go. Like, those are things that you can let go. But if it's just, like, little annoying habits, you need to get out of yourself and humble yourself Mm -hmm. and realize that you have annoying habits, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not perfect, and you know they're not perfect. So, unless they are, like, doing you some type of life-threatening harm, like, I feel like you should be able to let down your walls a little bit. Like, yeah. not necessarily lowering your standards and dealing with the fact that somebody is a is this way or, like, you're never going to change them. But let's also understand, like, you got some messed up things about you, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So it's only fair that you give them that chance to, you know, to fix those things. Yeah. But nope. with black women, a lot of black women are scared of, and I'm, I'm an advocate for this, is I'm scared of taking care of a grown man. Mm-hmm. Mm. And... Me talking, especially recently, I've talked to uh, some of my friends, and they said that it was sometimes it's not always just that black and white. They said that, like, one of my homegirls said when she met her husband two weeks later, he was established when she met him two weeks later, they laid him off. So she had to be able to pick up the burden. But once you commit to somebody, that means their problem is your problem. Mm-hmm. She had to pull up her bootstraps to help him out. I understand that. But sometimes when you meet people and they already have damage, you have to analyze that for yourself. Realize that he's not perfect. But if I let this person in, is, is it going to destroy what I have over here too? You have to analyze that to realize if you really like that person a lot to uh, allow that to happen. So as single women, uh, Ty and Telly, like... 
what is a must-have? What must a man have for you to continue going forward with him and actually consider committing? Like, what is absolutely like non-negotiable? You mean material things? Materialistic or uh, emotional? All of the above. First things first. Well, not. I wouldn't say this is at the top. First things first, but I prefer a man that has materialistically at least what I have: own place, own car, and a job, a mm-hmm. decent paying job. What if he's African and lives at home with his parents? Or what if he lives at home with his parents for, for like saving money or? Just because that's what they traditionally do. Because I know I said I said African in the beginning because I know a lot of families outside of the U.S. culture, you don't move out the house until you're married or you have a family of your own. I would feel the situation out and see how much his family would affect our relationship. Meaning, am I able to come to your house and do it? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Am I able to come to your house and have sex with you without having to worry about your mom being like, M'Baku, uh, you need to... <laughs> Why is this man's name M'Baku? I don't know, this first African name I thought of. Oh my god! <laughs> Why does that matter? Because I want to be able to get to know this person and have intimate alone time with them. So what if... He's... I wouldn't feel comfortable having sex in the house and his mother is there. So what if he... I don't know. What if he's like a physical therapist or something? And he just stays at home with his folks, and but he has like the money to like get hotel rooms and Airbnb, not Airbnbs, but like you know, just play a resource. Well, again, that that's y'all something some I would feel the situation out. Mm-hmm. So if he does have the means for us to have some privacy, I wouldn't put it all on him either. Like if he was like, hey, you know what, I live in, with my family. But you know we can get Airbnbs. I wouldn't even mind him coming over to my house more. Okay, I was it's just, that. Just, just an effort. Yeah. It's just that effort, like that well, even yeah, of course. balance. I would want to know. Can that. you prove to me that you can crawl out of a hole? Exactly, yeah. because yeah. you know there there are That's people a- who live with their families for you know their own benefit to save on money, and then mm-hmm. there are people that live with their family as a crutch. Mm-hmm. So right. going into that situation and knowing that. I would. Need I wouldn't analyze automatically say no. Yeah, I would decipher he, the situation. If he's doing it out of tradition, or, or in if my he's experience, doing it of... in my experience of men that I've dated that still live with their parents or still live with their families, they're using it as a crutch. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm more. I'm a little bit more cautious when as it a, comes to that. As a crutch, how? Like meaning that they have the uh, resources, they just don't want to. They want to stay with their mama because they're going to they, pay the bills, or they don't have the resources and don't want to go out and get them. That too. Okay, well, that's why I gave the example of, because what happens is when we ask the questions about, like Michael B. Jordan lives at home with his parents, but for some Mm -hmm. reason there are a couple girls out there who are like, ugh, why? You know what I mean? But he's he's a billionaire. He could do whatever. There's he wants. a difference in living with your parents and your parents living with you. Yeah, his well. parents live with him. His he parents live clear. with him. That's different. Either way, they still stay in the house, and that that's his. his that's yeah. what's comfortable for that's him. That's different. And I've, I so, have dated a guy who um, who his mother lived with him, and he was taking care of her. She was sick, had Alzheimer's, and all this. So mm-hmm. he was taking care of his mother, and so in that situation, I can turn a blind eye. But in a situation where you're just living with your family because you don't want better for yourself. I can't. And that's why I, that's why I qualified yeah. it by saying. So that's why I said, in my experience, that's just what I prefer. Mm-hmm. Have your own car, have your own house, and have a decent paying job because that's what I have. And that would start us off on a level playing field, in my opinion. Yeah. What about you, Tether? Um, I My biggest thing is transportation and a job. Um, as far as the living situations, I need to... Like Ty said, I need to analyze it. I would love for you to have your own something. Even if you live with roommates, yeah, roommates it just depends. Okay it depends on who the you roommates are. The like, but um, my biggest thing is car and transportation. I mean, uh, transportation as well as having a job. Because if you have a job, that means I don't have to take care of you. If you have a car, that means you get know how to get to work. And if you don't have those, have I dated guys that don't have all what I just said? Yes, I have. Was it hard? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do I want that drama for myself? No, I don't want it. But if I see an effort, not saying that that person wasn't trying, because by the time we stopped talking, they were uh, started getting uh, their own apartment and they had got a job. 
Did they have the transportation? Not yet, but I, I can see the growth in that. Mm-hmm. But do I want to be around through the whole scenario of it? Because a lot of times when people come to you and they don't have nothing, the biggest thing I'm thinking is that you're trying to use me. You're trying to use, because I have a decent job, I have a decent house, and I have a decent car. So I, my biggest thing is using me. That's what a lot of men that I've come across have done. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, me personally, I can't even say much about a woman living at home with her mom. Because I even said at one point, like, I couldn't date a girl who lived at home. But that's because the, the girl I just broke up with. She lived at home with her mom, and I felt like she was using my house as, like, a refuge mm-hmm. or, like, uh, just a place to get away. And that made me feel real uncomfortable because, uh, like, even one time she came over and was, like, said something about it being her side of the bed. And I'm like, no, this it's, is my, it's my, my bed. <laughs> You're just in it. And then she just kept emphasizing, it's my side of the bed. I'm like, you don't. You don't live, live here. here. Like, like, why are you so... I'm going to be your side bent? of the rent. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you so hell-bent on, on you know, making this your place? But uh, what I found, too, or what I found with that, too, is, like, when you date girls who do live at home with their parents, they try to come out more. It's almost like having a dorm room in college, but, like, you go to your boyfriend's house all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, just because you got a place to stay and he's going to let you come over. You know That's how it is. And just with the females, they always try to come over to your house. Yeah, so I don't... No. I tend mm-hmm. to stay away from girls who live at home. Uh, and if they do, they... I got to under... Like you said, I got to feel it out and understand the dynamic because I don't need you coming over my place all the time like it's your spot too yeah you know you don't own it right oh, i got nothing man I'm good. <laughs> and i live my single life so tell us about that i mean that i was whole year <laughs> i was a whore end of story <laughs> so okay so you're a what you would call a serial Monogamous. relationshipist mm-hmm. so between those relationships was there any time or did they usually tend to overlap um, I would say about 70% of the time they overlapped. Mm-hmm. Um, but in those moments where I was sing like for real, for real single, like before I got with my wife, um, make that clear. <laughs> yeah. Before I got with my wife and I was for real, for real single, like I really did take the time to like think before I got in that relationship with them. Like, cause we were talking Right, but I was still like single. I wasn't in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got back to her, it was because when I made the decision to commit to her, it was because I knew the relationship that I was in before her. I knew where I went wrong, mm-hmm. and I knew how I can change things, and I knew how I could be the best man to the next woman who I was going to be with. Mm-hmm. And I committed to myself first that I was going to be all of those things before I ever committed to her. Yeah. doing all those things so and a lot of people look for that validation in someone else first like oh you make me such a better person yeah no mm-hmm. you have to make that decision to be a better person for on yourself your yeah. on your own before you add that commitment with somebody else because let's be real we lie about the commitments we make all the time yeah. like you know I think all of us in here grew up in the church or have been in the church in some capacity or been in some type of trouble and pray to God like, oh, God, if you get me out of this situation, I'll I'll never never do do it again. again. Right. Mm -hmm. Lying to ourselves. Well, I could have lied to myself when I made that commitment. I'm going to be all these things to her, this, that and the third and let myself down. So then when you add another person into that mix, if you are a spiritual person, you have God to deal with yourself to deal with. And now you add the next component of somebody else. It can make it really confusing and really overwhelming, especially when you like don't have control over that other person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you said that I was watching this actually this morning. I was laying in my bed watching Facebook videos and video of Will Smith talking about his marriage with Jada and talking about how no another person can't make you happy. Yeah. You have to be happy on your own. First. And then like he was talking about how him and Jada came to the realization that they're two separate people mm-hmm. on two separate journeys but are, you know, are sharing, sharing that journey. That journey. Yeah. yeah, so that I thought that, I think that's really interesting that you say that because and I think it was it was really interesting, and my wife isn't here right now, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think 
truth be told, I don't think she got to that point until we were really deep in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of the time she was a little dependent on me and found her happiness in me. But then, like, it was probably to a point where I, like, probably pissed her off. Or something where she was like, not like to the point where we were probably about to break up, and she had to realize like how happy she had to be on her own first. Mm-hmm. And I think once she found that happiness on her own, and I recognized that to the point where I realized she doesn't need me. Like that is what made me love her that much more is because she chose to love herself first. Yeah. And once she did that, like I said, it was just so attracting to me, and it just like built our love from there. You can still correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> and the reason I the reason I asked you about that is because I considered myself a serial relationship is mm-hmm. as well before I was single. Most of my relationships would end up like overlapping. Mm-hmm. Like usually the way for me to get over this guy was to meet to a get new the guy next one. Yep. or whatever. And so up until like from the time I was 14 mm-hmm. to the time I would say I was like 20 Four, let's call it 10 years because I was single. Well, 23 because I was single when I graduated, which I was 23. Mm-hmm. So from the time I was 14 to the time I was 23, nine or 10 years, I was in, there was not a single gap gap yeah. of that's how I was like me being, I don't, I can't think of a time where I was single and all of that all throughout college. I was in at least, you know, in at least one relationship <laughs> and that's where I'm going to leave that. <laughs> See, I wish yeah. I was like that. Though. And I, I wish but, I had uh, multiple boyfriends that I can date and be like, this is my boyfriend and then move on to I But I'm not, I can't do that. Yeah, and that's how I was. And so it took me, um, it took me a lot to come to a point. So that time that I was single, you know, I was happy for it because that's something that I always, you know, I feel like I felt like, like even though I probably didn't, I feel like I felt like I needed a man. Hmm. Like yeah. I felt, I felt like I was maybe dependent on mm-hmm. having a man to be happy, and so at the point to where I became single, I was like, okay, when I broke up with my last boyfriend after college, I was like, okay, this is it. Like the next guy I'm with is gonna be somebody I'm building marriage with. Mm-hmm. Nobody came along until two years later that I was even remotely interested in. Mm-hmm. That situation also didn't work out, but you know, I had that mindset. Of being better yeah, and doing having better. a purpose, and a lot, mm-hmm. I think that's again. I know I mentioned it before. A lot of people go into these dating situations without purpose, right? And that's how they end up in so much drama. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the end goal of this? Because mm-hmm. everything has an end goal, and if somebody can't even talk to you about the little, can't communicate. Period. No matter if it's about goals, whatever, you can't have a uh, can't have a good established communication when it comes to starting the relationship, being in a relationship is not going to last. In my experience, you have to be able to communicate about the little things to the big things. You have to talk Mm -hmm. because if you plan on being with this person for the rest of your life, that means 85 years of marriage. You're going to have to talk to this person. You're going to have to work it out. You're going to have to be able to fight through this. And if that person that you're with, you feel like you are not going to be able to do that, then why stay? Yeah. Because I don't want people to have this big stigma like, oh, you're single because... No, I'm single because I feel like once that person that changes my mind comes along, I will gladly give him whatever he needs. I had a teacher tell me before that I am too independent to be... uh, I would never be in a relationship because I'm too independent. I've been told that as well. But I feel like that's absolutely not true. Was that those older men that told you guys that? Yes. That's why. Yeah, the guy who told me that, he was always like talking about... How um, I don't let a man be a man. And I what I felt about that situation was that he... I, I'm very strong emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that... I, didn't, I feel like looking back on it now, he wasn't emotionally strong. So when I would talk to him, you know, I'm not the kind of person I'm going to sugarcoat it if I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about it. I've never had a problem just telling you straight up how it is. And so that's how I would talk to him. And because he he felt like that, he was like, Being he used to dad. always say, hey, man, like, you, t- hey, what's up, dog? Like, you talk to me like I'm a nigga in the street. If you was a nigga, I'd fucking beat your ass or, like, something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not talking to you crazy. I'm not cussing mm-hmm. you out. I'm not, but I'm using a firm tone mm-hmm. because I'm saying something that I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, and he he just he couldn't really handle that. And so I feel like that's a lot of why he said it, because it wasn't like he was 
we weren't it was a situation ship so we weren't really you know dating or boyfriend and girlfriend to where he was taking care of me and anything mm-hmm. like that like I was still doing my thing taking care of myself and essentially I feel like I may have been better off than him but mm-hmm. I mean I feel like that was an insecurity within him and I will always let that. I will always let a man be a man but if he can't do it I will yeah so, I mean, yeah, it could be the littlest true. things like That's his job is to take like out that. the trash. And if he's not willing to take out the trash after I told him and I waited and I told him again and you he still ain't have good. to tell a man to take out the trash. But that's what I'm saying. If he's that's not true. willing to do it, then I will. And, that's, and if I'm too independent for that, I'm not about to let this stank yeah. build up for you to feel like you're a man. I feel like something you see what I'm that saying? me and you have in common, Telly, mm-hmm. is that we were both raised by single mothers, yeah. right? And so being raised by a single mother, you don't expect men Nothing. to do anything for you. So you do it all yourself. It's news when a man comes around and he's holding a door open for me. That's news to me. Because I love it. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it is. I, I do. I enjoy it. And if a man says, hey, don't put your hand on that doorknob, by all means, yes, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever but, you say. But that's not something I go into a relationship expecting. That's not like not having a father there. You don't mm-hmm. go into a relationship knowing. expecting or knowing that these are the things that a man is supposed to do for I you. I was told that opening doors on women was uh, mis- uh, misogyny. Did your father tell you that? No, a woman, no, a told woman me that. would tell. Me Why that. would a man tell uh, another? That's you shouldn't hold the door for for a lady. That that's being too much of a man. Like, sound like you know what I mean? What's my name? My man's name? That's, that's my dad voice. Uh, <laughs> oh, that no. guy that. Um, what's the? I can't think of his name. The buff Who guy. you got beef with? Jerry Jackson. Yeah, yeah. that's what Jerry Jackson uh, was saying. <laughs> yeah, no, that's too much for me. Allow like, a woman to uplift herself and let her open that door for her. Ladies, <laughs> ladies, if he won't let you lift that door, he'll never let you lift his wallet. <laughs> uh, but, but no, like I was told that it was uh, a little bit misogynist, and I'm like, because I, I won't, I want the woman to walk through without, like I'm saying that she's too weak or something. No, you know, it's not that she's too weak. It's just she's too much of a feminist. That's what society has taught us being a gentleman is part of quote unquote chivalry. And she was like, if you knew all the things that were in chivalry, you wouldn't do it. I'm like, well, it's kind of like how we treat the Bible, right? Like, mm-hmm. like there are several things in the Bible that we do and don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, we just take the nice parts of chivalry. Uh, I think we were raised kind of the opposite way because we, I mean, our mother was married, but we've also had been raised around. Our mother's also a very strong woman and our the women in our family are very strong too. Mm-hmm. So we've been able to. Are your mother's parents still with, together? Well, our grandfather passed away, but yeah, they were, they were together mm-hmm. when he was alive, but we've been able to see one, how marriage works, but two, how, how a marriage with a strong woman would work too. Mm-hmm. I think another in- interesting dynamic about how we were raised is that, um, yes, we both have both of our parents, but our father was raised by a single mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the things that he experienced and not, and knowing like what it's like to not have a man there, he like impressed those things upon us to, to be like, my sons will never know what that is going to feel like. They're yeah. going to have yeah. a man there, so I'm going to teach them how to do all of these things that I watched my mother struggle with without a man. Yeah. So it's like he appreciates the strength that his mother had to have for her kids because she had to be everything. a mother and a father. It had mm-hmm. to be everything to multiple children. Mm-hmm. Not just him. Like my dad has what, like four siblings? Four, siblings? four or five siblings. So like she had to be everything to them. It was it's my what? Three three boys, two girls. Mm-hmm. So like we understand that dynamic of what it's like for a woman to be raised by a single woman not having a man there mm-hmm. because we experienced that with my aunts and know like what it's like with them. So we know the ins and outs and do's and don'ts and I think that's what probably puts us in a more interesting situation to have a different outlook than yeah. most people would because we understand both dynamics. Yeah, there are a lot of men who don't know how to deal with a strong woman Mm -hmm. there are also a lot of women who are too strong and aren't willing to let their guard down or to let there are women that won't let a man be a man Mm -hmm. that that like this chick that told you that holding the door open for her was misogynist like 
there are those women out there and it's just a matter of you know weaning through those to get to a place of commonality where you can decide to be in a relationship with this person or not so what's the moral of the story y'all single lives matter all lives matter stay single as long as possible being single is not a hindrance. It's a glory. It's just something that's going to come at the end. It's going to be great happiness. It's absolutely necessary to be single, but don't become stagnant. Mm-hmm. Know yourself, but also know your worth. Men and women. On all these tweetables. Mm-hmm. Hashtag <laughs> single lives matter. Hashtag, Hashtag find man. What's up, Michael? B. He don't want you. He might. He don't want you. Hashtag (laughs) single, not looking, but if you propose to me, I would like a black diamond ring or Your hashtag is too damn long. (laughs) I'm just letting these guys know. (laughs) We're not going through all that. So without further ado, Get Naked Podcast. Follow us at Get Naked Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Uh, this is Ronnie. You can follow me at RLC on Instagram. This is Ty. You can follow me at Ebony Fair, E-B-O-N-Y-F-A-I-R-E on Instagram and Snapchat. It's your girl Telly T. You can follow me on Snapchat and Instagram at Damn Little Mama. That's D-A-M-L-I-L-M-A-M-A. This is your boy Rock. You can follow me on Instagram at Wise Guy Rock with no K. Alright, and without further ado, we're going to Go find our clothes somewhere around here. Where are my pants? Let's get naked podcast. Peace. Peace. Later, y'all.